Hey folks, welcome back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 156. Where is Spencer, everybody? Where is Spencer, Jeff? Where is he? I don't know. I he, don't know. He texted you earlier and he said he He did a millennial thing. This is our producer, by the way. Okay. He's not here. Andy, we'll introduce you in a second. But Well, we should for well, let's get back to that and we'll say that we have a guest here. Andy Lewis. That's right. How's <laughs> From it going? Amani Project dot <laughs> org. But just real quick, we have to do some little housekeeping. No, I'm curious about Spencer. Spencer's not. <laughs> Andy, I want to ask you a question because you, ha- you have a few grays coming in. I do. In. I yeah, do. Yeah. yeah a lot. When did that start happening? First uh, three, two years ago. When I had a baby, really. I didn't have a baby. My wife had the baby. Yes. But when <laughs> we, a baby entered the life. Y'all had, had it. Y'all had y'all, a baby. When we all had it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it, I'm, I'm starting to go great. I think probably by the time I'm, I'm 35 right now, so I'm so guessing you, 37, I'll be white. So you're like, you're like, you're like on that, on that cusp, track. you're on that millennial Gen Y cusp kind of thing. Right? I was born without right. internet, grew up without internet, yes. but then also was like a first adopter, so it's a first language. Yeah, for sure. But, but you also might be like Green Day is real punk rock. <laughs> well, before, no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. First episode of Green Day. I don't mean that in episode, an insulting I watched, way. I watched the transition of Green Day becoming not punk rock. The, yes. Okay, there you go. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Time of your life was not the time of my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well played. Well played. Uh, so... So I appreciate people who are your age um, because, uh, yeah, yeah, not blowing smoke or anything, but it's just like uh, you have this kind of like uh, great vantage point, you know, where you can see like goofballs like me and Joel and the Gen X generation and, and, and you can look down the pipe and see the oh, millennials, yeah. you know. Um, they're not far behind you, by the way. No, you know, no, no. Right? Uh-uh. Uh, although they imagine that they are, you know, permanently twenty-four. Right. But uh, you know, it's like yeah. it's yep. uh, they're not that far behind you. It's and, the student uh, loan debt is what's getting them back. The student, <laughs> the student loan debt is a big problem. Yeah, keeping them twenty-four forever. Well, AOC is going. She's going to solve it. That's right. Know, That's right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Bernie together. <laughs> moving forward. Um, so. Uh, what was I going to say out of that? That we well, we had this. You millennial. started with gray hair. We started well, with gray Spencer. hair. We wanted Spencer, Spencer. We wanted we to just, thank you. Thank you. Great. Right, exactly. We have to just at the top. Truly, Spencer's not here. <laughs> it just shows you that your brain deteriorates over time. You know. It, well, especially a, with chemo brain. With chemo which, brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, right. No, I, I have listened and I know. And oh, you know. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. I'm actually, good. Uh, I was listening to the episode, a couple episodes when Joel was talking about being an empathetic oh, and I, egomaniac. And you and, called me a sociopath. Right. And, a sociopath. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I, I empathize with his empathetic egomaniac. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And I also felt the chemo brain through the waves. Through the waves yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Well, we so don't want. So Spencer's yeah. not here. Is Spencer is not here. That was the point. Yeah. And uh, but he did come to your show and we should talk about this and we should we're going to get to our guests and all the machination everything you're doing i got plenty of time (laughs) we didn't talk about spencer came to your show at french quarter festival yeah that's right and we didn't talk about it on the last episode we did not that's right dude you guys fucking crushed it thanks like killed it everyone was there jay mazza was there like dave cunha was there like jen hotel everyone was there 
Um, I, was, I just, I just, not to be a bummer, but I just, <laughs> I just want to say that, uh, uh, and I had all these technical issues that I have not had with any of my gear. Um, and I, I, I fucking hate that shit. I hate that. You know, you get in, it's like a, all right, I'll tell you about it. Do it, please. Okay. I, I open okay, the door okay. for that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, uh, in my state, um, I've had some free time. And, uh, and, and so like, you know, what do you do as a guitarist? You, uh, redo your pedal board. Right. 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 That's yep. it. Yep. Right. Reconfigure you know, it. Reconfigure yeah. it. Wire yeah. this one. Oh, to this which one? one? How does yep. it go? Mm-hmm. What's the order of things? Yep. You know, right. Create seven different chains. Lots of fucking YouTube videos and lots of nerding out. Right. Exactly. And, uh, so I did all that and I had had, uh, several gigs where, you know, I was able to test it, you know, and everything is working fine. It was all good. Um, and then, you know, big gig in broad daylight. Um, the wind is like howling. It was howling. It was, it was the windiest day of the year in New Orleans, yeah. uh, bar none. And and the thing is, is I have this tuner that um, has a uh, display that's difficult to see in the sunlight. In sunlight. Yeah. In sunlight. It's a, it's a vampire tuner. It's a fucking vampire tuner, right? <laughs> it's the boss tuner that everybody has, man. It's the standard, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. You know? And uh, some smart people, you know, at some of these other companies have done these really bright ones, you know, because they're like, hey, yo, uh, the world has changed, and musicians mostly make their money from playing live these days. And so that one has kind of fallen by the wayside and i'm showing my age a little bit you know they're the nokia of tuners there's the nokia of tuners yep. exactly speaking and speaking of gen x and i still have one there it goes see you have that perspective <laughs> yeah. from both sides right exactly yep. exactly and uh so you know i could i hit it and i just on faith assume you know like the g string is going to be a g right? right right and for some reason it was like tweaked over to like g sharp or some shit you know what i mean and it just fucked me and it only happens when you're doing the biggest, the festival, biggest fucking the biggest goddamn show. show. Done, right. You could have done it 300 <laughs> times, and it would only happen on that. show. It only happen on that yeah, show. And we're not a band that's big enough where like I don't have a tech, you right, know, who right. can just run out there and be no like, no one's paying attention. Yo, yeah, yo, it's all fucked up, you know, right? Or hand right. me another guitar, you yeah. know, or something yeah, it's like not that. Not a star you know? is born situation. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's like it's like everything uh, that happens on stage, no matter what, has to be fixed by me. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm everything, yeah. right? Exactly. Which is not me complaining at all. No. It's just that I couldn't see it, and I was like, I have to drop out of this one song, and so my, and I did completely because I'm like, I don't know what's going on, man. I, it's telling me that I'm in tune, right? And it's obviously not. It's not because I'm playing some weird fucking <laughs> minor chord when I'm playing a major, right, you know, right? Like, so some dissonant chords. So you know, I'm just, I'm kind of internally freaking out. You know, it's like going like this. It's like. I'm, a, I'm like super freak out, super freak out internally. I have cancer. I don't give a shit anymore. You have the perspective. I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. So those two things are internally yeah. battling inside of me. Yeah. And, uh, and resulting in a kind of stasis. Where, you know, <laughs> where a, you calmly fix it perfectly. A, a level of nervousness where I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay enough, you know, where I can like wrap my head around this technical issue. And, May I ask and you get, some question? And get through it. Yeah, please. Were you... Was it better or worse that you saw all your best friends like in the front row? It was worse. Of course it was worse, <laughs> man, because because I just want to like, you know, rock out and be, you know, super good, you know, when you guys are there. And uh anyway, so you know, and the drummer is like 
looking at me going, yeah, what the hell is going on? <laughs> no. No. You are out of, I play like, drums and I know your attitude. You're like, no. <laughs> the bass player, you know, he's really like holds a lot of the stuff together. He's yeah. like, whoa, brother, mm-hmm. what the hell is going on? And I'm like, I know I got to fix this, right? I get that fixed. And then out of nowhere, like, uh, I get the crackle and, and like a fucking, like a short in the line somewhere, which I haven't had in fucking forever. Was I it got, the, like the tuner caused the short or no, you have no idea? No, it was like, because it? like I like banged up against one, uh, another pedal, were, yeah. another pedal, I get it. Yep. which was one of the new ones. Right. Exactly. And it like just jimmied it enough. And so I just reached down and like tapped it, and and I was like, "Am I gonna? I'm gonna be doing this tap thing for the rest of the <laughs> show, right?" And, uh, uh, and because it's just like one little crust of like dust that's right. in the machine that blew in from the windy day. That blew in from sure, the fucking yeah. windy day, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. And in the meantime, I'm sitting there and I'm like just trying to keep this hat on, because the other thing <laughs> I have to say is this: is that not everyone in the audience, because I had long hair before sure. I got afflicted with this disease, and uh, and and some people haven't seen me. So you didn't want to have your reveal be. In I didn't of that. want it to be like my hat blew off, and everybody's like, "Holy shit! What the hell? Look at Jeff!" You know. I, and uh, I can and egotistically empathize with that. I was I was having an egotistical, <laughs> empathetic moment at, on stage. I and, really, yeah. And I have to say that that was maybe freaking me out more than anything else. That makes sense. You know, where that I'm just sense. like, hat, stay on, please stay on, please stay on, please stay on. Oh, wait, F. F. Right. I mean, G-sharp, right, because right. I'm half, yeah, half, half wait, wait, off. Oh, wait a minute. i got to pull my pinky down, yeah. like half a step. Yeah. i got to correct for this boss New chord. tutor. New chord. New chord. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, that that was what was going through my mind. And then everyone, to a man, had uh, complimentary things to say everyone about was the like, gig. I was going to ask, Joel, you were in the front row. How did it actually, did you notice this fiasco going on? Were you aware? I knew that Jeff was having a, a few technical problems. Okay. Um, but it was like short and sweet. Okay. You know? and In your mind, it was just a, like a quick fix. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I could see the stress on your face. Yeah. Yeah, for like a very like three beats. Yeah, not long. Right, right. And in right. Jeff's yeah. mind, it was like six years. No, that was yeah, like six yeah, years yeah. worth of time. And yeah. the show. Yes. Look, I've seen like maybe thirty Ego Jubilee shows. This was maybe my favorite. It was. Oh, that's great. You guys that's were. High that's great. That's you high got. Praise. You guys yeah. were awesome. so fucking good, and everyone felt that way. Well, I, I felt like on this one song uh, that our bass player wrote called Fluff that uh, it finally all came together. You know, yeah. and it, it sounded good. And I was like, okay, all right. I'm here. I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, things are stable enough, you know, to like, you know, settle down. When there was old And music. I was wearing my shades, you know. So and your hat was on. My hat was on. Yeah. So people couldn't see like my eye reaction sort was, of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. amazing. Shades are good for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there, oh, yeah, there, were, yeah, there right. were old tunes <laughs> yeah. and there were new tunes. Yes. Which yeah. was great. That's right. You That's know? right. Yep. And I got to just say, shout out to Mac. I mean, all your guys are great. Trombone Mac McCann. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Crew, crew of Drew. The king it. of the crew of Drew. And Keith. like Yeah, Keith drums. just killing it back just there. Just killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to be in a band that has horns. So yeah. yeah. Even, even if the guitarist drops out, yeah. it's <laughs> right. like the song is still going, yep. you know, because yep. there's melody and harmony. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. Exactly. So, Andy, you're horns. a drummer? I am, yeah. 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 It, it, Do you uh, play presently in a band? 
Not presently. I uh, was when I, I moved to New Orleans in 2015, so not long ago for the second time, um, and started playing with some groups here and there. Nobody got formalized enough to actually get a name. Um, and then uh, my wife and I, well, again, she had the baby. Uh, right. and she was born, uh, our daughter Anzi was born a couple weeks, well, almost two months early. Um, and oh, so wow. we spent a couple like months huh. in the NICU and all this. Right, and so it right. kind of like stopped all the like sure. late night music everything. gigs. And stops everything. Of course. Yeah. yeah, it stops everything. And so then right. um, I haven't picked it up and haven't been playing in a formal group uh, in the last two years, which has been a heartbreak. Uh, but I have, I will talk about later, this job that I do that play yeah. music with people all around the world. And that's so, fun. So. so you moved here twice. Uh yeah, first, first time was 2005, uh, September 10th, 2005, so a couple weeks after the storm. Uh, and I actually wasn't in New Orleans. I was in Past Christian, Mississippi, uh, and uh, set up a tent city for with uh, my brother and a friend. And I don't know, it was a long story, but um, we, Tell did, it. <laughs> we did weekends in, in, in New Orleans. But uh, it, was, it was, we were volunteering with some uh, group called AmeriCorps. Um, it was uh, a big mess and a big clusterfuck. From, can I ask where were you? Before? Originally, I'm from uh, Washington State, so I grew up in Washington State, yeah. in eastern Washington State. And, and where were you in, at that moment in 2005? I was in Kansas City with AmeriCorps, setting up okay. a music center for kids um, for this AmeriCorps gig. Who It ended up being this racist lady who didn't want people to come to the music center except for her suburban kids friends and wow so it was a big battle and it all got shut down because my brother and i wouldn't be okay with that so you were having this shitty work yeah. shitty thing so they experience. were like go down volunteer for katrina for two weeks and yeah. you know we'll find something in kansas city again for you yeah, yeah so yeah. we came down got plugged into this tent city ended up staying there for two years running yeah. this thing and um yeah so that was the first time in the gulf coast south area got hired by uh, a really cool guy um to help run some digital arts camps for kids and that was in new orleans so i moved to new okay. orleans in 2006 Seven, six. I forget which one. Yeah, it's six. all a blur. Yeah, six. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Um, did that for a while. Um, was that through like charter schools or like? Uh, no, it was. So there's a big, huge corporation that publishes books that had a foundation, um, and I don't want to name them because they'll probably like get mad at me for saying sure. bad things about them. But they were horrible. Um, but they had a really great foundation, and this guy right. that hired me was a really cool guy. And he's like, we're just going to have like this program where we teach kids how to make documentary films about their stories, whatever their stories are might be. It could be, you know, their Katrina experience. It could be the fact that their cat is eating new types of food, whatever they want, <laughs> you know. Um, and so we did that for a couple of years working in schools in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and then took that show. Joel's actually doing that on Instagram, by the way. Are you? You're, cat, yeah. you're, back, you're, you're videotaping your cat eating a new type of food. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How's it going? Good. Digesting good. Yeah, good. Yeah. No, my video cat, my right. video cat, my cat has an Instagram page. That's oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. So you weren't even joking. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, no, amazing. No. I'm gonna have to check that out. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we we did this work for a while, and that was my first exposure to New Orleans. I loved it. We worked. Um, we did some gigs um, in some schools in Plaquemines. We did some gigs here in the city. We did some gigs um, in Bay St. Louis. So just kind of around the around the area. Um, yeah. And from there, it was a journey. We took the, that program to the African continent, did it in seven countries there. And then, yeah. 
I want to wait, wait, wait. Can I just say something? I want to talk about something real quick, though. I like how he's like just casually like, exactly. hey, from, from there, the from there, we took it to the African continent. <laughs> well, I, it's 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 that's such a, a lot like, of work. It is. It is a lot of work. But I want to ask is a lot of work. real yeah. quick yeah. Before, be, before we get into all that. Okay, your 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 accent. I have I love I love analysis of my accent. Where where are you from? Originally Spokane, Washington, which is known for Melvin. That's a very fake white lady, fake black lady. Rachel Dolezal is from from uh, Spokane, Washington, and the Melvins, Um, and the Melvins. Yeah, and um, oh man, you weren't even going to say the Melvins, were you? No, I wasn't. But uh, a little bit too far back. Yeah, yeah. a little bit too far back. Yeah, no, you're right, and I'm amazed that you know anything. Why? I'm 47. That's true. Of course, I would know. That's true. But I'm, I'm having a total brain fart speaking but of like... But you have like a European type accent. Uh, interesting. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Do you know what you think, Jeff? No. Okay. No. You think... I, I mean, my accent... I, I So I spend like a lot boy, of... Like your boy drummer from uh, back in the day who moved to Australia. Oh, Andre. They remind me of each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Andre. His name's even close do they, to mine. Do, they, and, do they remind you of each other? Uh, no. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. And now I need to meet him to actually have this own, you know, comparison. Uh, Entry uh, spoke a little bit more like this. Ah. Uh, but they're both uh, super you know, handsome. Would probably say well, something you, like this that uh, any man wearing a shirt uh, with a squirrel <laughs> playing a tenor banjo through what looks like uh, maybe a bass amp. Uh, Ampeg uh, half stack is super cool. <laughs> That's I, I I can only aspire to have that kind of an accent. It's probably I spend most of my days now, and we'll get into this later. But talking with people from different countries, and so I've had to practice actually. And my wife Priya, who is works with us as well, um, has worked with me on slowing down right pronunciating my uh my consonants and vowels and so yes. sometimes oh, you're I working think, on your enunciation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's the yeah. word for it i think is, right is enunciation that's yep. right um, mm-hmm. and so that's an early 90s word <laughs> <laughs> i'm on fire damn it i'm on fire <laughs> tight um, well, look, by the way my norwegian accent is getting mixed up with uh, kind of a serbian thing sure, uh, sure because of the barry because sure the guy, the guy barry. from barry because I can't get that character get out of my head. Barry, right? uh, won't you kill for me, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have. Of course, you're going to. Of course, you're, you're the most the, evil. You're the most evil. Kill have for I me. not told you this enough? So kill for me, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> What's that actor? He's amazing. He is fucking he is amazing. amazing. Man, that guy I just, is the, amazing. I just want to be his friend exactly. <laughs> and kill people with him, but not really. I don't really <laughs> want to. But. Right he makes you feel that way. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll go with you. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, the crazy dance that he starts doing oh, yeah. in the latest episode, man. It's just like, ah, I'm going half. I'll be half in again. Folks, uh, watch Barry. They're yeah, a sponsor of our show. It's, it's we like. I would love it. That would be a high watermark. Hint, you know? hint. We, yeah. we got yeah, yeah. The show Barry. No, it's amazing to be a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, of, that would, I would. I would work for that. Go ahead. <laughs> fake sponsor of the week. Yeah, this is our fake sponsor of the week. Barry, Barry. everybody. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great fake sponsor. <laughs> They're so supportive. 
We like to go into flights of fancy on It's a Good Life Bay. <laughs> and let me tell you, these flights are first class fancy. <laughs> but it's, it's just to give you enough time to remember what the second thing about Spokane, other than the Melvins, was. Oh, no, I still can't remember it. You'd Damn think it. I would, but it's the director that, um, uh, Twin Peaks director, what's his name? And oh, having such a, oh, David Lynch. David Lynch is from Spokane. Is he yeah, really? He I didn't know that. I huh? look yeah. like, by the way. Huh. You do. I, I see. I don't even know. That. Oh, and the other one from. <laughs> no, he didn't from, notice it because he's looking at you, and he's like, "No, I was thinking more Ryan Reynolds." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. T- Timothy, Timothy Oliphant as well. Mm. That's a good one. Oh, you got to grow the mustache because yeah. I only remember him from Deadwood. Right. <laughs> oh, and Craig T. Nelson. That's the other. Craig T. Nelson. Not just Craig Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Nice. You are all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't him, actually, but uh, that's my favorite line from any of the Poltergeist movies. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That guy. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, I grew up there. Nice. <laughs> and then left nice. when I was... Uh, there's a billboard that used to be in Spokane that said fast. That it was an internet service, and it was faster than an 18 year old leaves Spokane. Was the, was the like the slogan, and that was like I saw that and I was like, good idea. <laughs> and I left. And you got out. No, I mean yeah. it was. It, I, I did get out as soon as I could, but it's it's uh, it's a beautiful nature. They're like brain drain is our business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's our wheelhouse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So um, So you were eighteen when you left? I mean, did you just Well, so after I was high playing school, in a band dumb? actually during that the college time, uh, college years, mm-hmm. and we toured the western slash southern US. We didn't get make it to Louisiana. We did Did Texas. you go to school uh, locally in Spokane? I went to yeah, University of Eastern Washington University, which um, there's no reason anybody should. No, know that's it. in the far east. Far right? east, yeah. What's it called? It's uh, Cheney, Washington. Yeah. Wait a yeah. second. You didn't go to Gonzaga? No, but my dad did. Damn, see that? Yeah. Bam. Your yeah. dad's a Gonzaga Bam. guy. He did. He got his PhD he, at Gonzaga. Really? Yeah. At Gonzaga? Yeah. He's a Gonzaga man. How do you feel? I'm just. I'm just gonna read the. Crowd is your father still alive? Or is I he love, still? I love Gonzaga. Is your father Gonzaga. still around? He is. I love the basketball. He must have been yeah. really I heartbroken. I grew up in. North. We've been heartbroken. It's just part of being a Washingtonian. I didn't, they, didn't they win? Didn't they win the championship? No, they they lost. Yeah. They come so they got close. One, they got one time to the championship. That's and right. Lost. That's yeah. right. And they lost. I, oh I, god. I, I grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. Playing basketball. Okay, so you. I love. Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All for right. obvious. Reasons. I appreciate that. Just for the, the purity of basketball. Yeah. You no, know, they are a pure team. Just the purity. They're of pure. They're a pure they're, team. They are a very pure yeah. team. No scandals. No, actually, no. no. They're very like they're just like the, the Spurs you, of college the way basketball. You're supposed to, the way like, you're supposed to play. You know? That's <laughs> just because those Catholics. Got the way it's you're true. supposed they to got play. It under, Not only the Catholics, the Jesuit Catholics. So you know, oh, they just, got it really under control. Yeah. They got enough money to. They're like, liberal enough to be cool and Catholic enough to have rules, and so yeah, and they have enough money to put anything down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're just like, what scandal? What are you talking about? Take this one hundred dollar beer. Exactly. Uh, Everyone has an Italian accent. It's a Jesuit, by the way. At least it's not Serbian. Take these. Uh, (laughs) Now go away. Go away. (laughs) Yeah, so then um, back to the story that's ongoing forever. Um, Yes. (laughs) uh, I moved from, we played in the band for a while. My, um, I had this moment with the professor where he was like, okay, so you play music and you want to go into working with displaced populations, which is a whole other track. It's just like refugee, displaced people work. For sure. He's like, you got to choose. You're not going to be able to tour and do the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so life happened and I started going to the band. Somebody got married, didn't want to do the band anymore. Um, it was just 
you know, as, kind as, of just, as, yeah. just a normal it's what story. happens, yeah. right? The normal story. And right before we got the record label, blah, 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 and like yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So um, went to this, uh, we had been touring to this place in Kansas City and they booked us uh, in this, in Kansas City a couple of times. And so this lady that was running it, she was like, come down here and run it for me. I was like, great, let's do it. So she got a AmeriCorps grant. I had no idea what AmeriCorps was or wasn't. Went down there. Turns out this lady's super religious, like, and very blatantly racist, and doesn't want anybody from the neighborhood actually coming there. Uh, and I'm speaking in code. She didn't want black people coming. She sure. wanted white people coming. And so, right, yeah. Um, yeah and that's... so we shut it down. Katrina happened. Got uh-huh. sent to Katrina. Right. Um, was there was we were in past Christiane. This is a really funny story, actually. Not funny. It's just interesting to me. We we were t- we were all camping on the park that's right on ninety, where there's a tank. If anybody's been to past Christiane, there's a sure. tank that's facing the the um the, the Gulf. Like and an army tank, like an army tank, just a random one in a park, right? Um, right. And like like one does, you know. Uh-huh. And so yeah, yeah. there was like forty tents <laughs> of us volunteers, probably a hundred volunteers, all just like camping out um, for AmeriCorps and Good Morning America because of Robin Roberts was doing right. setting up shop for like the whole Katrina in past Christian. Oh wow! So that's okay. why AmeriCorps like concentrated all the volunteers because Bush was a president then, Bush right. Junior, the, yeah, yeah, and right. was about to cut all funding for AmeriCorps so they were thinking we need to get in the face of the media to be like show how important we are sure I and see. so they literally had us ah. loading like sandbags into a truck and then taking them back out and loading them again just for the just to like have the photo stuff and I was getting pissed I was like take two yeah take three take four it was just ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) so on this on this um, this park that we were in the one corner kind of taking up most of the park and on the other corner was this trailer with four dudes kind of probably not Gen X probably like young baby boomer age um and they wouldn't talk to any of us. But we noticed every night at 5 p.m. they had cocktails uh, and they had power and they had internet and they had all this stuff. So just like, yo, total we got to hang with these guys. They wouldn't let any of us talk to them. But my brother, my younger brother, he's a, like an amazing guy, was ended up during the day becoming fascinated with the fact that they owned satellite and were, mm. that was how they were getting internet to them. They owned a satellite uh, sure. like, uh, that was floating around in space. Right. So he was like, tell me more. So and AmeriCorps had a... Was it AmeriCorps then? No, these four guys who had no idea what their story was owned the satellite. What? And they wouldn't talk to us. Why were they there? So, they, we, no one knew. How did he break the ice? Because you've already, you he, you've already said I, that your I brother think, was able to talk to them. Yeah, so he, I think, wasn't wearing the gray AmeriCorps shirt that they require all the volunteers to do that day and just started talking to them Got about it. the satellite, and they didn't realize he was AmeriCorps. So they finally realized he was, and they're like, whatever, you're cool. Come have cocktails with us at 5 p.m. No uh, way. And he's like, okay. Your brother got in. I don't drink, but my brother does. So <laughs> can my brother come too? <laughs> and, he's, and so I was like, awesome, I'm in. We called them the pirates um, because we had no idea what they were doing. And they were just like doing. In fact, turns out they got a huge ass contract because they came in a week after the storm. Past Christian was about to be condemned. Um, and they got the whole city back online. They got the sewage figured out. They have one guy who's special ops, one guy who is electronic slash plumbing, one guy who's construction, and one guy who's politics, basically. And they had this team of four. They are subcontractors of subcontractors of from subcontractors. Where? All over the East Coast. I don't know where they and were originally from, but with, they were And then all like happened through this the satellite was a they they have a company. These four right. guys have the company, and they go, go and fix disasters. They go like it. they got their shit figured out. Yeah, they're disaster capitalism. They're disaster guys. capitalism guys. They're making yeah. a 
bank amount of money. So they were like, fuck AmeriCorps, you guys are stupid, you're not doing anything good, you're just loading like, sand in this. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was having some cocktails with them, and I was like, well, tell me what I can do. I'm going to help. And na, 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 na. And they're like, see that tent city that the Army Corps set up like two weeks ago? No one's in it. Somebody needs to run it. And I was like, well, I'm going to run it. But you guys know the mayor, so you got to tell them that I can run it. And they're like, okay. And then the night happened. The next morning, like, we woke up and I kind of sheepishly walked up and I was like, were we, were we drunk, sober? Was, like, what was this decision that we made last night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, they're like, no, we already talked to the mayor. You're in charge. So I was like, okay. Done so deal. The, the, don't, don't come in here drinking I know. and uh, thinking that uh, you're not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Man. This is the place where we make things happen. This is a, we do this stuff. We're pirates, man. We know how to do this stuff. So <laughs> that, was, that was that. And the, wow. My boss at America got pissed because I didn't ask his permission. Uh, right. That was a whole other story, but sure. turns out it was a visible thing so he wanted us to run it so we did that for a while wow. right, um, right where i met the guy that i'm working with today so um, huh. because he came in with oprah that's another story wow to do a show on the tent city and then um he was like oh i want to hire you after you're done for working with those things i'm working with which is this digital arts videography stuff and so um yeah it's a crazy story i could it's like a six hour story that's why i say it so casually as like there's if i really want to dive into the details i need like part two part three part four of your episodes and sure. so, right 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 just, sure you know, sure i don't know i haven't gotten good at summarizing yet it's it not like i don't mean to uh it, it sounds a little bit red like you know the organization red you know with the bono thing oh a little bit yeah. I, which i don't know if that's if, the stuff i'm doing now or the i don't stuff no that, no that oh, okay. that yeah. like like well then when it went over to africa mm, right mm, mm, mm. and uh and we still haven't gotten to that part yeah, of the story yeah. like because you were so casually like and then we went to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, wait a minute. That's that's seriously a part three. That because uh, 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 summary is my parents when I was young um, housed refugees from around the world in our house, and so I grew up with a lot of people from you know Rwanda after the genocide, with Bosnia after that, uh, was, uh, Iraq, oh, really? all of those in my house. I like see. people just Where kind was of this it's like a in soup. Spokane. In Spokane. <laughs> yeah, and so my, that's an important component to the story. It Very was, yeah. and um, that was like I grew up seeing like the after effects of the horrible parts of humanity and like also the beautiful parts of the resilience of humans in the world and wanted to like be involved in that somehow. And so, um, I always wanted to, so I had a friend who was from Ethiopia who was basically kicked out. Um, and he wanted to start a like orphanage project back in his hometown, but couldn't go back for political reasons. So he had called me while I was down in Katrina and said, I want to do this. Can you do it? Um, and down in past Christian and I said not right now and he kept calling kept calling then I got hired by my friend Eric who I'm working with now hmm. and um, I told Eric one day I was like Eric I gotta quit I gotta go over and help my friend start this thing in Ethiopia and he's like you're not quitting you're gonna go over there we're gonna like start our programs over there too because we can take them anywhere and so that was the genesis of like going over to the African continent and so we did programs in Ethiopia South Africa Botswana Kenya Tanzania Ghana and I'm forgetting somewhere else but um yeah so that was that was kind of the evolution of that so um yeah can we uh, <laughs> wow can I, we, I mean yeah, yeah it's, can, we, can we say the name of the project now yeah the, the project I'm working on now yeah it's a different one uh it's called the Amani project which is so that's different than what you were doing before different we had a 10-year oh, okay. break uh oh okay yeah well so tell us about that 2008 uh mm. economy crashed the the corporation uh, yeah um, 
didn't want to invest anything in the African continent anymore because it wasn't going to be economically viable for them. So foundation first thing to get cut, I right? See. Like the uh, corporate social responsibility so yeah, goes yeah. so far. So how are you being yes, funded back yes. then? <laughs> um, That's right. Through the corporation. It was corporate social responsibility. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, just it was it was a uh, hard time. A lot of the programs shifted. Um, we started, it wasn't really exactly what we had started with. And so... I decided to go get my master's degree um, in public health, and Eric went on to other things. Um, and yeah. um, we, we, I was, long story short, I got married. Long story long. What am I kidding? Who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I can never do long story. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. It's a, man. It's a podcast. Long format. This is the yeah. beauty of it. Exactly. Um, I met my wife. She was my TA in grad school for research design. Nice. Uh-huh. Um, and Where is this? At uh, Tulane? No, in New York. Is that in Col- New York. Is that yeah. Columbia? At Columbia. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I only said Tulane because of you being public here. Public health. And, and they have yeah. the public health thing. Yeah, they have yeah. a good program. And yeah. they do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They call, still call it tropical medicine Just for some tropical reason. tropical medicine. <laughs> come program. on. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. Exactly. It's like saying jungle from everything. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the Darwin School. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah, have exactly. to call it tropical medicine <laughs> yeah. anymore. Um, so, anyway... Uh, met her there she wanted to get a nursing degree um, after her public health degree because she loves school and never wants to stop and became a nurse and we moved to portland maine for a year uh-huh. i did not identify with the culture i love the nature but i couldn't fit in and couldn't right. find work and it was huh. hard and so i found a gig in seattle and after she finished, we moved to Seattle and then moved Whoop. here because <laughs> right. Seattle's huh. very dark and gray. And, um, sure. you know, even though I lived in Spokane growing up, I visited Seattle. That was amazing. I've yeah, been, that was a hell of a... I've been burping off the mic. Can I actually have permission to burp yes. on the mic? Sure, you Please. can. Amazing. Go if you want. Okay. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. I've been politely like going over here and, you know, burping. That off was unintended. Of course. <laughs> I appreciate your professionalism on that front, by the way. Professionalism has different value. Yeah. You know, this in this podcast, professionalism is burping on the mic. We are going to have an entire episode at some point, um, and you're welcome to join about us. About etiquette? We're, well, we're going to talk about the difference between podcasting and radio. Ooh, right. Yes. And, and etiquette is yes. going to be discussed. <laughs> right, exactly. I feel like on radio, you have to have a pre-canned burp. That's the only thing that's allowed. You can't have You're natural right. burps. Yeah, it has to no, be. It, like be, a, it has to be. It would like have to be coming through the Bluetooth. Yeah, and have to, to, yes. it can't be natural. No, we'd have to have our producer have it. You know, yeah. queued yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the difference between exactly. a podcast. Because I've heard burps on radio, but I, I'm sorry, I just. I'm but on radio, no, it's, we keep it's it real. always like dialed up. It's like burp. Yeah, yeah. The long bass filled. Speaking of your bass filled voice. No, totally. I could I could do that and get paid. You know, or or not, or get ripped off. Which is probably what happened to the guy that did that. That was my burp. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, died a lonely death somewhere. You know? oh, no. Screaming about the Telling sound Telling his grandchildren effects. about the burp. I'm the sound effects guy. <laughs> you have to have you a... You comp- fools just don't know it. <laughs> I should have been paid a nickel for every one of those. Yeah. <laughs> They've been played a billion times all over the world. I don't know why I'm going to that. Now I sound like, you know, I'm from New York or something. You're going but back the, into that Serbian accent. I, the <laughs> Serbian accent. From man, our just, fine sponsor, God, Barry. I know, exactly. <laughs> Barry, everyone. Barry. Barry, everyone. Barry. Sponsor. Fake sponsor of the day. Fake. So yeah, now I'm doing, so Eric called, I moved down here, long story long, um, my wife and I were, um, we, we, have, we were affected by the grayness in Seattle. 
Um, yeah. To the point where we, I can imagine we we moved. I wonder about I, that I, about you know, people. I have, I have wondered about that for years. I lived in Portland for ten how years. people put up with that. I, you have to be introverted. You have to in be some introvert. Way. Yeah, I, that's I ate, right. I ate so much vitamin yeah. D. You, I, you take sunshine in a pill or in a Dude. fake light, and Holy like, it's shit. the only way to really? survive. Really, we got to the point, and I was telling Joel this when he first. Oh, we just met each other a couple days ago, but yeah. um, and it's like this growing city, you know, like it's, it's, it's well, Amazon, Microsoft. They're right, right. They're deceivingly like they they try to pretend they li- like they advertise the Kurt Cobain, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, but their real identity is Amazon, Microsoft, mm-hmm. Boeing, exactly. you know, like Starbucks, yeah. all, mm-hmm. all that. So it, I can, that, that's a whole nother podcast, sure, Seattle's sure. identity crisis. Um, but sure. I just want to let you know that I was in Seattle when Kurt Cobain was committed suicide, quote unquote. I'm per- just letting you know, I was in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> That's my good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I just wanted to, you know, join in. <laughs> just in case anybody was wondering. I didn't know how to respond to that. How do you respond to that? I was in, it's, I was in with a bell, you burn. For you somebody burn. committing suicide. <laughs> 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 that's my contribution but that's amazing so how did it no. how was the feeling of the nation Joel can't even stop <laughs> well there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists out there and I'm just like yeah. I'm just letting yeah. them know Courtney I was yep. there okay oh I oh, was are there you, are you inserting yourself into the conspiracy no okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just telling them <laughs> okay. that I was there I then, was on Lee Circle at the time and they might they might they you might ask themselves I was on Lee Circle when, <laughs> literally on Lee Circle when I heard Kirk Kim- Kurt Cobain and Dad. they might ask themselves like why was that guy from New Orleans right all the way in Seattle well, okay that is what a good re- question yeah. yeah why were like, you all the way in Seattle uh, <laughs> I think the results speak for themselves touche <laughs> <laughs> touche I myself was in uh like a gym locker of my middle school. Uh, when oh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and I remember it being a big deal. That was it a, was a big deal. It was. Right. It was a very no, big deal. No, I was there when it when it happened. And uh, I have to say that it was like, uh, I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't the biggest Nirvana fan, you know, yeah. at the time even. And uh, I was just kind of like, eh. And also kind of like, didn't care about like the massive fandom that right. surrounded Kurt Cobain, right. you know, and it kind of repulsed me a little yeah. bit. So I was a little bit cold about the whole thing, you yeah. know. And uh, you were the original but, uh, hipster. I was the original, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I was like, yeah, whatever. You know? I was, but, I was but warmer. It too. did. You were warmer about it. Um, well, yeah, it, because I yeah. like. Uh, he was I saw, a cultural icon. I saw Kurt Cobain on uh, SNL. Yeah, and it was like yeah. that blew my mind. Yeah, no, it was it was iconic. Yeah, he was he was iconic. Yeah, thing. Yeah. and uh, but it was uh, you know a lot of people um, in uh, dank looking dark clothing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Organized a gathering. Uh, you know, the night after he uh, he committed suicide. And, yeah. Uh, yep. And there was a giant, you know, candle burning. Did I see air quotes ceremony. there when you said committed suicide? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just assume that yeah, every time. I don't want to expand the energy. Sure. You know? Yeah. Okay, no. Right. No. It's <laughs> That's it. Um, so I, I was actually there for that. You know, I mean, that was that was that was cool. You know, to be there for that. I mean, cool. It. Yeah. No. I know. I understand. I it's, hang my head. You know, just saying that. Sure. Um, you no. know, but. I mean, whatever. I it was, was important. I was also in was Chicago important. when the baseball uh, strike uh, got resolved. Amazing. Okay. Oh, you are. I'm just a letting everybody know. Major incident bringer of. I don't know how to. What, may, what's, may, I don't even know may how to tell that. a 90 yeah. second story, Jeff? Yeah, go ahead. I was in Seattle because I was thinking about moving there. 
so I went up there to move from Portland or from here from New Orleans okay and my lady friend who wasn't my girlfriend but just a lady friend who had a man friend who was from Smiling Myron remember Smiling Myron oh yeah the, the band yeah the funk band yeah the funk was Dan band. in that band Dan might have been in that band I don't know because okay so so I'm sitting there like in Seattle trying to figure out if I'm gonna like live in Seattle and I'm applying for jobs and stuff you know and so we're sitting at a bar and Emily Dean says to me that like oh my buddy from Tim Tim from Smiling Myron has cancer Right, and this is like gonna be not something you want to hear. No, I, and she's and, nope. and, and so and nope. our and our and, yeah, our, and our buddy say, nope. yeah. and our buddy Jeff Chasen is sitting there from Flagstaff, Arizona, and he's like, "Dude, the kind of cancer you're describing sounds fucking bad, dude." So here's what I did, and here's what we did. It's a beautiful story. I called Auto Drive. Do you guys know what Auto Drive is? Mm-mm. No. Auto Drive is where you can like call up a car and be like i'm gonna deliver your car oh yeah yeah that's right right that was a thing wait that was a thing back like in the 90s in the 90s and like the aughts if you you wanted to get from some one place to another you could drive somebody's car that needed to be delivered because they needed their car transport i see see. so you put down like a 200 hundred dollar deposit okay and then you pay for the gas and the funny thing is they were like you can only drive eight hours a day to be for safety. For safety, whatever, right? right? right yeah. You can't drive at night, blah, blah, blah. So at six in the morning, I left the bar with Emily Dean because Tim from Smiling Myron had stage four cancer at MD Anderson. Uh, in fact, huh. we were like, we're driving to fucking MD Anderson right now. Oh, wow. All the way down to Houston. Right? From Seattle. Wow. Right. Jesus. We're going to do the L.A. thing, and we're going to do, like, the... Oh, left. so you did the L instead of going through Wyoming yeah, and all that. totally. Just because right. of the weather. Yeah. No, the Wyoming's weather. no no joke. Because of the weather. We I didn't want to fuck yeah, I've driven through Wyoming. I've gotten yeah. in car accidents in Wyoming, yeah. Wow. And there was, like, three of us. Only two of us could drive. The, the third was, like, a virgin Christian who, like, <laughs> was really super weird, but, like... From Spokane, probably? Yeah. From Spokane. <laughs> yes. And from Spokane. Yes. Really? And, yes. Um, I, and she okay. and Getting she out of town. And amazing. She, and she took she, she saw the billboard. She took That's care right. of like the records. Like, okay. She took care of like the music playing. Okay. And she took care of like while like Emily and I like changed, you know, driving versus sleeping. Right. And we went there in a single fucking shot. You know, we drove that fucking Honda. <laughs> Screw the eight hours. We got the, we got there in about thirty six hours. That's amazing. And we saw Tim from Smiling Myron. And he brought out his guitar, and he played a tune, and everyone in the room cried their asses off, because they should have. And he died about two days later. Oh, man. Yeah. and Worth it. Worth it. Worth worth it. Worth the drive. So so then, but then, like, Emily got picked up by her boyfriend, like, going back to Seattle from, so I had to figure out, like, like, what to do with his car. And, And your Spokane friend. Well, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, and my Spokane yeah. friend. And so, the Virgin Christian right. Spokane. So it was just me. Uh-huh. So I was hanging out with this, like, I called an old college buddy. I was like, hey, doesn't your mom live in Houston? You know? And he was like, yeah. I was like, on a pay phone. You know? He was like, yeah. 
I was like, can we stay there? He's like, yeah. You know, this dude, Brad. So we stayed there. And I hung out there for like three days. <laughs> and I took the car to Mexico. <laughs> because I couldn't like, you can't deliver the car early. No, yeah, like, yeah, you can't. So it it's like better to drive it, a, drive it across a so, country border than it so is to I deliver drove, it early. So I drove, bad business so I drove the, <laughs> Totally. So I drove the car to Mexico, and I learned how to do, like, pill running. That was my first Oh, time. that's when you did that. That's when I learned how to ah. do, like, Vicodin running. So many of the pieces are coming together. They're now. really coming together. Yeah. Amazing. But it was all about, like, goodwill. <laughs> sure. You know, so to speak. And then I came back through New Orleans, hung out for two days, sold all the pills, and then delivered the car. I can't believe I'm saying this on mic. And then <laughs> de- delivered the car to Mobile, Alabama, to right. a young military African American woman who was like 23 and got her a car and she drove me to the bus station. <laughs> She's like, my car. Seems a little different. <laughs> but wait a minute. So then after that, you came to New Orleans? Is that it? Or yeah. Yeah. Right. I basically moved back to New Orleans. That again was it. Because yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just because of that. Because Tim got cancer and... So these, was... weird, these weird things happen to people in <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Life transforming so let's, moments. It does. Let's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah. We have I to guess. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward. <laughs> Fast forward. So uh, I was here. My friend Eric, who I'd worked with, who came down and got me, gave me the job. Rewinding. I'm just providing context for everyone to remember sure. the yeah. character Eric. He um, he called me uh, in 2016, no 17, and said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, doing na 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 here in New Orleans." He's like, "Do you want a job working with music and kids around the world?" Yeah. I, of course, uh, and tell me more. And so um, a really, really cool group of people out of L.A. wanted to um, start a nonprofit that uses music to help kids figure out how to express, manage, talk about, figure out their emotions. Um, because it's a, it's a thing that we've all known since the beginning of time. Music is like a direct channel to your emotions. And right. how do you help, especially kids in that like early adolescent age when it's all angsty, who am I in this world, all this kind of stuff. Self-identifying. How do you actually help give them some tools using music writing, music making, music performance, all the different things um, to figure out what the fuck am I feeling? How do I actually shift what I'm feeling? How do I like feel like I'm actually in control of what I'm feeling? How do I tell other people what I'm feeling? Sure. How do I understand how you're feeling you know all this stuff and music is an incredible tool for figuring that all out so we started a program where we actually work with really badass community-based organizations around the world and they take what this program and make it local uh meaning we had to think through how do you strip down music to its core elements in order to have this program work in India, in Delhi how do you mm-hmm. in in East Africa and Tanzania in Colombia in the U.S. in you know, right now we're exploring Tennessee and Compton and those two places we started in Flint. Eventually I want to come to New Orleans, but wow. right now... Um, I, How do you figure out that localization? That localization? So it's all about bringing in local artists. It yeah. has to be. So we, we make mm-hmm. it so the program hires local musicians to come in and work with the kids. Mm-hmm. So we have this curriculum we've developed that distilled it down to, and so far, and I'm curious about your all's opinion about this as musicians, We've distilled it down to the five basic elements from what I can understand, which is tempo, beat and rhythm, tone, and dynamics. Mm-hmm. Anything more than that, like harmony, uh, all those other things, are 
culturally relevant because some places don't have harmony. It's not a thing. They have that, poly, poly melodies mm, that like weave in sure. and out, right? Yeah, and so, yeah that's right. Um, yeah. Like, how do you actually distill it? So we have the thing. We also, like, find music in yourself. Like, you know, your heart beat, you know. Sure. You run real fast. Your tempo yeah, changes. Real. You know, like, yeah. really kind of getting the biofeedback of music being everywhere. And then we work with the kids to, um, and by we, I mean these organizations that we're working with actually do the implementation with the kids. Um, how do you make your own instruments using found objects? Because not everyone can afford instruments, you know, and around the world. And right, so right. Um, I've been so amazed at what these kids, like, you know, 12 year old in Delhi will pull out and make this. Yeah, like, what kind of object? I mean, she took two tongue depressors, cut up, huh. a, cut up a balloon, put a rubber uh-huh. band around it, put some bottle caps here and blew uh-huh. through it and had this like incredibly beautiful <laughs> tonal, like angsty horn that she right. made uh-huh. this, like, right. I was just like what uh-huh. the hell who are you, <laughs> you know? uh-huh. right. and like this times a million it's like a tongue compressor and a balloon it was insane we explained the concept uh-huh. of tone and uh, like dynamics and she took that and had never had like any musical training before and took it and was like oh I got this and okay. like let me find this and then so they do these after school <laughs> clubs where they like work on songwriting and then like getting active in their community and like performing for their community about issues that are important for them so that's the Amani project in a nutshell um so right now we uh we're we're working out of the same place joel's working out of with uh with your amazing company jdv or jdv jdv booking jdv uh, booking yeah i just wanted to do a plug there um Thanks. for that so uh the other day we met so we have the shared working space and that's how we we connected with joel yeah so nice yeah. nice and but it's also in other where are you you're in Africa as well, right? So right. our also. the Amani. So the way like we do, we have a team that's here in the U.S. that is kind of like developing curriculum and designing programs and stuff like that. Um, but our partner organizations, like local organizations, are in India, Colombia, Tanzania, um, South Africa, Puerto Rico, and then we're hoping this year to stamp, uh, establish something in the U.S. So um, that's. That's our where we're at right now. But we work remotely because all our partners, we just like Skype a lot. There's a lot of Skyping <laughs> going on. A lot of like right. Zoom slash do you want to Zoom today yeah. or do you want to Skype today? So, right, um, right. It's a lot of like weird hours and talking with people and different, but it's so fun. Speaking of the accent, that's probably why I like adopted this weird <laughs> bastardized accent. It's just because it's functional. I'm from so. North Carolina and uh, I don't have a North Carolina accent. You know, yeah, because I adopt like early on. You were like, decided I decided to have a neutral. That's accent. that empathetic egomaniac. Yes, I'm sociopath. You, yeah, even. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're empathetic with people. You like, you, you must, you must understand me. Empa- <laughs> it's, exactly. the, it's the empathy exactly. and the ego. Right? Exactly. You must understand me. Exactly. <laughs> so of I course. can't. I can't. Do sound I not like tell her. you that enough? I, I you're can't the most sound able like, guy I know. I, I can't. That's exactly like, it, right there. <laughs> I can't sound like a redneck. I'm so concerned that I hurt your feelings because you're the most evil guy I know. <laughs> That's it. You got it. The call it's locked. Back. <laughs> the callback, dude. Um, oh, man. But I wanted to ask you a question then. So you had mentioned, uh, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, that you're working with the same guy that you worked with at the time when you mentioned that you were going to go to Africa yeah. potentially yeah. and then you did yeah. under the auspices of what you were working on then with that then corporation were, the foundation yeah, and the no, corporation no, no, yep. and the foundation and all that and then we reconnected and then you reconnected years later to start this was that the 
foundational moment of the Amani thing? Because it sounds like it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was. The, I mean, the genesis, we wouldn't be able to be doing this if we hadn't done what we did before together because we, right. like, we learned a shitload of what to do and what not to do, especially how not to become like a neo-colonial exporting of American values and blah, blah, blah. Right, like, right. You know, we yeah, learned a lot about like you go, the anywhere, bad stuff. You, you go anywhere in the world and people already know how to fix their shit. They're just being <laughs> blocked by some douchebags that are like t- making sure that they can't fix their shit. So like our right. goal is to go in there and say, okay, how can we help like... Yeah. provide some help to you because you already know what you're doing. We're just going to come give you some like fun things to do and bring some funding in to like help you amplify what you're already doing. Um, so that's, that's like a big shift that we've learned. And so, yeah, it's totally the Genesis was way back here. It, I mean, from new Orleans, from, you know, past Christian Mississippi from, wow. from that was 10 years ago. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, yeah. Evolution is, yeah. Well, that they, that that idea was so resonant, you know, that it lasted across that bridge and span of time yeah. of ten years, and that you guys came back together in order to do something, you know. I mean, obviously, completely different, but similar. Similar, and, yeah. There's a lot of similarities. There's yeah. a lot of similarities. It's basically, there, yeah. like, how do you have help people tell their stories in a way that is like important and relevant to them? And at this time, it's for me, it's really exciting because it's through music. This time, right? Um, I mean, we get into like you know drama. We get into all the, all sorts of performing arts. We still like want to incorporate video into this too but nice. um the essence of it is how do you help you know especially young people that are still trying to figure out their place in the world how do you help them tell their stories through a venue like music right. so um that's what we're doing nice it's fun and so when you said do i play music i don't play in a gig right now or a band but i like the other day i was in puerto rico learning how to play bomba music with this like incredible group of people in luisa puerto rico and it was so i get to play music and it's fun and i get to learn like different styles of music and we always bring in a local celebrity artist um and by local i mean like in tanzania the guy that we work with his name's ben paul and he has millions and millions of followers he has like a east africa scandinavia huge following he just oh wow you know isn't okay. isn't here in the u.s so sure we say sure. local it means you know like not sure. here right, um, right he's a huge deal but he works with us over there and we have like artists like that work with us everywhere we go because uh-huh. it like, inspires the kids to like oh i can make a living out of this i can do this um they come in and they help with songwriting performance and like work with the kids somewhere and so um yeah that's been like a really cool chance to work with some badass people around the world so, have, you, have you hooked up with uh ben jaffe in the press hall not yet not yet i want to that's on a goal so the whole reason i like everyone when we started this was like when you come in when you're doing this in new orleans and my whole thing is in education new orleans has been the petri dish or the testing grounds of everything education and i'd say like some negative ways and some positive ways but like everything is kind of just tested here and i said you know what i want to learn from new orleans first test it other places and then bring a better refined product back here um and so um we're we're eventually we're going to work with some cool people here i hope um you know any organizations out there listening that want to do something like this let me know yeah so in new orleans and we can help make those connections too you know it's after school programming you know or in school it can be either right 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 Yeah, and New Orleans has got like a track record of some really great programs and that's the like thing. that. There's you know, like here. so many, so many amazing people that are probably doing this a thousand times better than we are. So like, it's a lot to learn from. So yeah, but but also there's, I mean, there's a. Uh, what I mean by saying that is that there's this kind of a tradition, as it were, already. Sure. After Katrina, of that, you know these kinds of programs being available and they're like super successful. And I'm thinking of roots of music like, yeah, off the top amazing. of my head. They're you know, amazing. Like, 
Well, and I can tell you this, that like uh, several years ago when I was at Loyola, we offered free video services to them during that one summer when the uh, guy that I was working for, it was awful, we will remain uh, <laughs> anonymous. Nice. Uh, air quotes again, people. Yeah, air quotes again. <laughs> uh, but uh, we had an opportunity during that summer to do some finally do some good work, and we did. And so one of the things we did, because we had this grant, was... We just went to other not-for-profit organizations that had a musical uh, component to them and just said, do you need free video services? That's awesome. And we'll do it for you. you And they were like, whoa, are you kidding me? So we did this kind of like wide range of things, like including like the... The piano competition, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. like they're not for profit, and they just jumped on it, and they were like, they're like, God, we need somebody, you know. But it's huge. And People I, need like a way to tell their story. The I organizations. Got, do, I got yeah. in touch with the uh, with the local cable provider with Cox and with the ad wing, and contacted some people that I know over there, and just said, you know, at the top of the hour and at the half of the hour, I know that you got inventory available. I don't care if it's at 1 a.m. or 11 p.m. or whatever. I know you have inventory available right, because right. you're just running military ads that are given to you by the U.S. military. You know, like they're not paying for that. Or the NFL, and, uh, either one. Or, yeah, any, anyone essentially yeah. who sends something along, you know. And, uh, and I knew that that inventory was available. So I, I partnered with them. And I was like, I was like, we, I want to send you this as a part of this program that we're doing. So we, we did about six or seven of them, and uh, Roots of Music was one of them. <clears throat> and at the time, excuse me, um, it was it was still they were brand new. Yeah, you know. So there's still a question of like, is this going to work? Yeah. Is it going to survive? I mean, because they had already moved from one place to another, mm-hmm. and they. Um, I think even for a time they might have been using the CAC as a place where they were. Maybe I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, anyway, they 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 moved around. You know, they yeah. they didn't have like a home base uh, necessarily. They didn't have the uniforms. They hadn't really marched in a in a parade sure. even. Right, you know, right, at that right. point they were still at the point of like gathering the the instruments and and really pulling it all together and uh it was uh, uh that was how i came to know matt sakakini because he yeah. was involved with that uh, nice. musicologist at uh, tulane university okay. great guy to know by the yeah, way and, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna reach out to him yeah and um so uh, that has become like a tremendously successful program obviously yeah, you know incredible. that's been like yeah so I think the after school thing is like right where it's at. Yeah, in, in I mean, Orleans, kids, kids get yeah, bored and they need stuff to do that's fun. And, yeah. you know, like, why not make it good? So, But that's, that's also part of that whole thing of the way that parenting gets done these days. You know what, I, you know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you got to fill up the kids' time you know, know. with some stuff. I and, know, yeah. and I know that there's some yeah. debate about like how, you know, the, the profligacy of that across right. our collective culture these days. But... But these are super meaningful. Like me, learning music, as you know. Right. Like, I mean, I know they saved my life many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And 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 that so many studies have shown that music um, 
that music translates to these other skills in huge, life huge. and in a huge way. Yeah. So it's not just about learning music or like, no, <laughs> you know, that your kid's going to go no, it's, it's emo- join it's a band, emotion. you know. It's, like, it's, well, there's a life skills. I mean, there's, there's so many, like you were saying, the there's band's like. going to fall apart when somebody wants to get married. Right. You know, whatever. <laughs> your life is crushed. Yeah. You have to go get a degree. <laughs> right before we got the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's such a cliche. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's true though. And like, and so what we're trying to do is like figure out how to do the music part but then also how to like turn that into something like getting involved in your community through music and norman's is like there's so much institutional knowledge like life knowledge here about how music is just ingrained everywhere it's like you know it's it's the what we don't even have to go say anything because it's so obvious but other places aren't like that and so uh, I've learned a lot about here because like the second line there's like four the generations the second line like having a style of music yeah. or having music that's cool for young people to like get involved in in some yeah. way you know you go other places and they they don't have that they don't have that and they don't have the like culture of artists helping younger artists start and learn and develop a love whereas here it's like kind of just part of life where you help the younger generation. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many like five-year-olds I've seen walking have, down with some bones and you like, starting, like, you know, incubation. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you go to Houston and you're lucky if there's a coffee shop that you can walk right. to. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with I, somebody in a guitar, like, you know, like, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh, it is, it's true. And so there, that's what I think this is, is like providing an opportunity because with these artists that are established that we work with, um, it's like some of the first time usually they're going to like volunteer for some random thing that they have no idea what they're involved in and it's nothing to do with music but this provides them a like a platform to get in and work with the kid on okay you have some lyrics now how do you put a tune and a beat to it you know like i actually know what i'm doing because this is what my living is and so i'm gonna do i'm gonna volunteer in a way that like is relevant to my life and like it's really exciting to see the synergy between the two because they get excited the artist gets excited the kids get excited and so and the and the tenets, the tenets that you've outlined uh, for music, you know, that are cross-cultural, um, are. Do you the, agree? By the way, those, I I do, I do agree. Yes, it's, it's yes. debatable. It's de- it's like saying I, what is no, art. No, no, it's super. <laughs> it's super debatable. Yeah. I, yeah, but 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 also, you you're not just talking about music. You're also talking about what motivates kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's super. It's very important to have the components of music be something that's attractive to kids and that makes exactly. them want to continue to do it. Those are two totally separate and different things. 100%. That you could bring in a behavioral psychologist that specializes in kids mm-hmm. who could talk all day about that part yep. of the equation and not ever get into the super nerd out equation of what constitutes music. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right, yeah. And 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 so those things are uh, are completely different and just in my, you know, uh, layman's opinion about that the more tactile things are the earlier yep. the more kids are going to be engaged all, it seems yep. instinctively to be the truth right yeah. but if you give kids something to bang on they're going to bang <laughs> on let it. them bang on it you know yeah. what i mean they're going to bang, bang on, on it, it. Yeah. and and that mean and that's rhythm and i've always thought this that like i i I mean, people are going to laugh at that because, you know, they're musical snobs, you know, yeah, yeah. that the, the road to teaching music, um, there are there are different paths. So many. And, that, and there are so many different paths. But like, for instance, if you wanted to learn how musical notation without learning the notes itself. Right. So that you just learn the rhythmic patterns, so that you could know that then you should just take up the drums and learn how to play um, because 
on the staff, it doesn't represent a note. It represents the instrument that right. you're playing right. at the time. And, and that will teach you the rhythmic component early on. And, and for me, I feel like the rhythmic component, if you learn that, the notation is just going to be fucking so easy after that. And because the rhythmic part of it is the most difficult part of reading music. 100%. So if, you, if you're concerned about reading music, you know, get into playing something rhythmic and 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 learn rhythm first and so that you can then find somebody who can teach you uh about the you know western notation if that's where you are in right, the world right you know I, I i feel strongly about that you know yeah. because i went through the path of the of like learning piano first you mm-hmm, know and mm-hmm. some really you know just like awful music that i didn't want to play yeah when i was a kid i did, you I did know? suzuki method when i was a kid and i, hated, did, I and, hated it yeah and there's so many things that turn kids off yeah. you know and 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 i know that 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 adults have been aware of this problem for a long time. Not everyone is. No matter what you do, you're not going to be able to appeal to every kid all the time. And you're not going to make every kid but a for, lifelong musician. Uh, no, yeah. you're not. You're not exactly. But for sure, I think the success rate is going to be better if you give them something to bang on. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. Then, then you know, and like, and and so drums are something you can bang on. Found objects are something you can bang on. Yeah. A piano is something that you can bang on. A hundred percent. You know, and and but a guitar kind of isn't. We don't have thing. guitars, and yet. you shouldn't, <laughs> right? And you should. We don't have anything that you can because you can't bang on it. You can't, and it's the learning curve is so long, right? It's like, so long. You can't make it sound beautiful, no, right cannot. away. Whereas you can a xylophone That's or a drum so, right. or something like that. Exactly. You know, and yeah. I know, I know that people say like, you know, well, is that good or is it bad from the instant gratification standpoint? Who fucking cares? You know, the thing is, <laughs> I is want them to. I want the to kids, hook them. I want. You, you want to hook them. You want to hook them. And the kids these days are getting. You know, that's how they're going to get hooked. Yeah. You know? So like, if instant gratification is what they're looking for, then hook them using that. Get them repeated instant gratification. Get, get, get that's what music should be. Yeah. It should exactly. be like right, lifelong right. instant gratification. Yeah. No, totally. Right. Right. <laughs> well, well, there you go. Sustained right. just, let's just, instant gratification. Let's embrace the instant gratification. That's my next yeah. band. Sustained instant gratification. And look, and you talk about sick. Sick. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Uh, <laughs> most popular for, band in for, Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> for real though, you talk about empathy. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. Like empathy. So like music being empathetic and helping people. That's, I don't know how much time we have, but, but like that's a whole thing. They've done studies, a lot podcasts, of studies. We don't have time. Ah, <laughs> it's not radio. <laughs> Barry has not given us a timestamp. <laughs> Barry. Um, no, they and by they I mean like a couple university, I think Northwestern and a couple of, cause I, you know, everybody loves when you say they've done research. Um, sure. but they have done research on playing music together repeatedly with kids actually, uh, impacts the part of your brain that's responsible for empathy, the mirror yeah. neurons. It actually increases your mirror neurons if you play music with other people. Yeah, right. And so it does have a, a direct science correlation with building sure. empathy. Right. 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 Like, yes. And so that's it's a huge part of our program is like really playing into that. We we add some like we spice in a little music therapy, we spice in a little of this and um, we also one thing talk, speaking about motivation um, we've kind of uh, not stolen, but adopted. You know, have you ever seen that book called "Steal Like an Artist"? 
there's a, no, no, it's a fascinating it. little like coffee table book that I saw one. I don't even know who the artist, the author is, but it talked about how most art is stolen, and then you like the good artists kind of sure. hide their sources. Oh, you know? sure. Sure. Yeah, right. So right. In that, that is true. That's true. In the in that in that vein, uh, we kind of borrowed from the Boy Scout Girl Scout model, where in the after school thing, they actually <laughs> earn badges to like complete projects to get them like motivated to continue. So like write a song, write lyrics first, and you earn a badge. Write like a song and add the music to the lyrics and add earn a badge. And so because we understand like there's going to be sustained like growth in this in music takes effort. It takes motivation. It takes like structure, right? You, it's, the instant gratification is one thing, but you have to have like a structure to actually keep that trajectory going down the path of like, and it's not just music. It's like life skills, right? You know, and so, sure, sure. Um, but it, music is the, the way we do it. So that's, that's what we've done is we've kind of like created this program that is, I don't know, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, not, you're not making knots. You're actually writing songs and like playing gigs in your in your school or playing gigs in your um you know town hall whatever you're doing so right right yeah yeah Yeah. but to get at that like motivation aspect of it for sure for sure Um, yeah that's a lull there was a lull there we had that was like the first lull i should have the whole time i should have burped i should have burped (laughs) (laughs) your instincts your podcast instincts are good yeah with the should have we needed we needed a belch we needed a belch (laughs) i'm I'm practicing if uh if uh well i think that's probably a good point to wrap up because that was such a concise uh explanation of of what you guys do you You can only go back to spokane and craig t nelson we can continue to go back to as long as we want but he's uh that guy oh boy oh, no let's not go no let's not talk about I'm him i'm done with yeah, him yeah yeah, yeah i'm done yeah. with that guy uh well thanks for coming on the show thank you and, so much uh, for having it's me it's been really interesting talking about these programs and, totally. and what you're doing and we wish you the best of luck thank on you that. final yeah. plugs and uh final plug barry uh, yeah barry barry <laughs> barry make sure you watch barry you know i'm going to have to kill you all your friends go away Okay, don't fuck with me. Don't. Fu- I'm, I'm your friend, though, just for now. <laughs> you called me stupid idiot. Do you think I'm stupid idiot now? I can't even pull it off. I'm offended. Right. <laughs> so, I'm offended. <laughs> That's great. Uh, oh, man, what a great no, show. Thank you, thank uh, you for having thanks me. Thanks for sponsoring us, Barry. And, uh, <laughs> Egg Yolk, Amani Project. Amani Project. Amani Project, Project yeah. Yeah. Egg Yolk. Egg Yolk Jubilee will be at the Jazz Fest. Uh, on the uh, <laughs> Rolling Stones slash Fleetwood Mac cancellation Thursday. Oh, can I say very quickly? Have we have yeah. we covered this already? Go ahead. We did. We're right? we're playing around noon. I think we're like the second yeah. or third act on the Lenyap stage. But did we cover this on the podcast? I don't think we did. And let's just make it really quick because I know we're running. Okay, very go long. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Look, if you've had two cancellations in a row due to age, and how- <laughs> <laughs> at the Jazz Fest. First Thursday, second Thursday, sorry. And you're probably going to have like JB from Widespread Panic also pull out because he's old as fuck too. So my point is this: you get thank you. God damn that! You're amazing, Andy. He's like he's like I am a Bernie Sanders supporter. So don't say anything. No, he's not. My point is this: like age matters. Yeah. Age does matter. Don't yeah. don't yeah. don't book a seventy yeah. something year old person he's, he's right. yeah. for your festival, and also don't fucking vote for them for your. <laughs> well, can I say I'll I'll even go because people have have accused me of being you know seriously ageist about that, but I'll even be more gentle about it. 
<laughs> it's just simply that people of that age have health problems. And we know that they have a contingency plan. They have a contingency plan. You have a mom and a dad, right? I do. And they're lovely mom and dad. And they probably can't work 14 hours a day running the world, right? They would like to, but no. But Uh, they can't at this point. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, doing what Mick Jagger. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'm I'm sorry because I know where you're going with this. (laughs) We have some really old candidates that are running. It's true. Uh, And 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 even I point out, like, as good as Elizabeth Warren looks, if you do the math. When she enters office, she's going to be 71. At the end of her first term, too, she's too going to be 75. Too old. And running for re-election. And, like, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't, wish I, that, yeah. I wouldn't wish that on my parents. No. You know? Yeah. Uh, the good I, news is they've already gone gray, so I as, mean, she hasn't. Though, say, yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they have some amazing dyes out there yeah, that's that, true. that look very natural. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, the idea that, that you... Wouldn't think about that is is really ridiculous, you know. I mean, if you think about a two term Bernie Sanders, you're talking about an 86 year old man, right? When he's going out, right, at the end, and I just cannot believe for the life of me that not more that people, people think aren't that that's thinking about this more because don't y'all have parents? I mean, don't you have parents? Don't you have grandparents <laughs> like, that yeah. are like are that right. age for right. growing up loud? Right. I mean, right. look at Bernie. Look at him at some point. Just, <laughs> just look just, at just him. Look. Just yeah. take a look <laughs> at him. Just watch. Yeah. And look at the hunching, you know, of yeah. the back and everything. Like none of that is going to get better. You know, <laughs> it's just not going to improve. Like Bernie isn't going to start doing yoga when he's like working as president of the United States, eighteen hours a fucking day. You see what happens to these people who enter in their forties. They enter in that yeah. office in their forties. They yeah. wind up looking like they're fifty-seven yeah. by the time the Jazz Fest just there. had two cancelizations. Can- cancelizations. Cancelizations. Is that a word? We can enter Thanks. that into the lexicon. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's a new lifefab.com uh, uh, glossary term. Um, yeah. Good enunciation. Due to age. Yeah. Yes. I know. Yeah. I know. And they have a third act that's taking a place that might might or might, might also not. cancel. I mean, if they didn't encase themselves in formaldehyde every night <laughs> after the show, you know, uh, we we might be talking about that, you know. And I mean, I, and look, I'm thankful that Mick Jagger is going to have his heart procedure because he needs to have it done. Right. So last out. minute thing. My wife actually used to. She's a, she was a nurse or is a nurse, and she used to do that procedure, the Taver procedure. Is that right? Oh, really? In Seattle, yeah. Uh-huh. So she was like, I know exactly what Mick Jagger's going through. I know, like, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. Like, wow. I, I never got somebody. I never seen somebody get so excited about knowing the medical procedure that <laughs> somebody's going through it was I amazing know, yeah. oh right, that's amazing yeah, yeah. trans aortic valve replacement that's right. what he's getting i, I learned it <laughs> i think that's a good note to go out. i think right. i think it is a good note uh, to go out on. can you say uh, it one more time trans aortic valve replacement yeah. oh, let's do it with the echo come on yeah. one more time trans aortic valve replacement <laughs> ladies and gentlemen it's a good life babe.com jeff and joel's tales from new orleans we will catch up with you next time and uh, that's all we have to say on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs>